Broadcasting live from Business Radio X Studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Learning Insights. Featuring learning professionals, improving performance to drive business results. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Learning Insights brought to you by our good friends at Training Pros. And I got one of them here, David Edelman. How you doing, Dave? Hey, very good, Lee. How are you doing this morning? Anything exciting happening over in the training pros world? Oh, just continuing to work with our clients, help them find great consultants. How's the ATD working for you? Great, great. We have our ACE conference coming up in August, August 6th, so looking forward to that. Are you speaking? Uh, no, I won't be speaking. I'll be, uh, I'll be there as a vendor, I guess, uh, with training pros. Is there anybody you're looking forward to hanging out with over there? <laughs> I haven't really seen the list of presentations yet, but I know last year was fantastic, so I'm sure we'll have some good ones. Well, who'd you bring today? I brought John Torres from Rollins. John, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about Rollins? What, what is Rollins doing for folks? So Rollins is a pest control uh, service company. Uh, we own a variety of businesses. You probably recognize Orkin as mm -hmm. our main brand. Uh, we own a variety of brands, uh, Home Team, Critter Control, True Tech. So there's a variety of different brands that we have that provide different types of pest control services. Now, as being the managing director of learning and development, is your roles to help everybody in the company regarding learning? So the frontline person who's interacting with the customer all the way up to the executives? Yes, absolutely. So um, we haven't done uh, historically a lot of work um, at senior levels, but that's part of the scope of the work that I'm responsible for. Yep. So that's a new initiative? It's uh, it's it's not a new initiative. They've kind of been doing it on their own, but uh, it's, it's something that I'll be targeting and focusing on. In the near future. Have you done that in the past and other places you we work? We have. We have. I have done it both at Rock 10 and at Honeywell. Now, what are some of the challenges when you're doing that at the executive level? Well, because the biggest challenge is really their availability and their time, but also because uh, it, when you're working in an organization like Rollins, um, where they've done a lot of the things on their own, mm -hmm. uh, trying to get alignment as to what the right strategy is to develop senior leaders in the organization. So, so it becomes a challenge to get that alignment. How does the learning and development fit into the corporate culture? Does, like, what, is that a chicken and the egg thing? Well, I guess you can say that a little bit. The, the reality is, is when an organization wants you to build a learning strategy, the critical component to really drive learning across the organization is to have it align with the culture of the mm -hmm. organization. If there's not a real defined culture in the organization, that's probably the first step you need to take then, right? And that's where we are today with Rollins is looking at what that defined culture is across the entire group of companies. Um, Rollins has done a great job of really growing as an organization mm -hmm. and growing through acquisitions. Right. Um, and their performance has been outstanding. And it's one of the reasons why I joined the company. But they realize that there's an opportunity for them to, to kind of consolidate that, that culture to drive some more consistency in how they perform across the organization. Now, isn't that kind of a double-edged sword when you are uh, growing by acquisition? Every a company you acquire has its own kind of unique quirkiness and culture, right? And you got to integrate them into the whole. Yes. And that is a, a, a challenge. It's a challenge in any business that acquires companies in their in efforts to grow their business. The key thing is to not lose their local culture that because that local culture is going to happen anyway. Right. And um, that's what made them unique and, and, to, and wanting attractive. you guys to <laughs> acquire right. them to begin with. Right. So you don't want to, you don't want to um, lose that ability for them to create that culture locally. Every single department, every single building, every single division of a company has its own culture. Uh, the intent is, is what does that macro level culture look like that can 
help drive a little bit more consistency across the organization. That's what we're looking to try to do. And then when you're working with the executive level to kind of get some of that knowledge and thought leadership to kind of disseminate down, how do you, how do you go about doing that? Well, you have to start by really focusing on how strong that leadership team really is. And that's the first step in the process is, is looking at building that leadership. But kind of doing an audit, like an audit to see where we're at and what the strengths and weaknesses it's, are? It, you really don't, it, 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 there's a little bit of that, right? So that, you know, there's uh, so, some assessments you can do. We're using an external firm to help us with that. They'll do a little bit of an assessment to kind of gauge where the leadership team is with their ability to engage in conflict productively, to really have a level of trust where they can really drive that alignment that's needed in order to generate that commitment across the organization. So I think that's the first step, no matter what they mm-hmm. have to do. And once they're aligned, they can then decide, how do we want everyone in this organization to behave, right? What are the key, what are the core values that we need to have across the organization? And once that's established, then, then we permeate that throughout the rest of the organization. And then there's tactics that you use to kind of get that to filter down. Yeah. And there's a, there's a few things you need to do. So the first step is that leadership team needs to create what that, that looks like. So I call it creating clarity, right? It's akin to what Patrick Lencioni has written in his book, The Advantage. First step is creating clarity. And that's the leadership team's responsibility, that senior executive team's responsibility. Once they've done that, then the key thing is to start communicating and communicating and communicating and over-communicating it. And that's really a difficult thing to do because leaders don't always realize that it takes a, a long time for people to really understand that this is important. Right. And then beyond that, then you got to reinforce it in your people systems, you know. So and, th- you know and that's an interesting topic and concept because clarity is so critical. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times people think so broadly and, and there's some ambiguity in their thinking. It's, a, it's really important to spend the time to get crystal clear, Completely agree. like almost like elementary school clear. It's, it, it, it actually gets down to that sometimes, right? So, and, and the reality is, is that happens even locally at a department level. Mm-hmm. You know? So I've, I've been with Rollins for a year. My department, when I first joined, you know, had a little bit of uh, challenges with regards to how people were operating. There was a little bit of silos within the department, and it took a lot of work to help them realize that we needed to work differently in order to, to uh, move the needle. I selected a new management team. We defined what we wanted to focus on and how mm-hmm. we wanted people to behave, and as a result, we've been consistent in our messaging. And today, you'll hear people say a much different story with regards to how they're functioning, operating within the culture. So. And it's always um, good to see, like when you do visit maybe somebody down the line and they're kind of parroting back words or language that you use, right? Absolutely. Then you know that it's kind of sinking in. Absolutely. And I think that in the senior levels, they don't realize how much repetition is needed to kind of reiterate those concepts and those values mm-hmm. for it to kind of sink in because it's everybody's so distracted every right. day. They get so many messages. It's hard to really kind of hang on to things. And that's why the clarity element is so important. Completely agree. In fact, uh, it's interesting because I, just a short little story, I'm working with a group in Devons, Massachusetts, and uh, we're in a meeting, we're having, I was doing some work with the management team there, and we're going through this process. And uh, we're in this meeting with a group of customer service reps. A sales leader basically says, a, you know, a few words about what their future focus is. And the production manager speaks up and says, well, I don't know. I, th- I think you're, I think we want to do this. It's a little bit different than what he described. And you can see the confusion in the people. Right. And at that point was the point when the general manager realized, you know what, 
we need to be more deliberate about our messaging. Right. And he got what I was trying to explain to him is that being deliberate about it is really what you need to do. Right. And that's what they, they started doing. And it could on. be as simple as everybody, you know, kind of have a glossary of we're going to call everything this or, sure, you know, absolutely. like the words. So we all say the same words, but that's you know, because the true. language is so important in this. Without a doubt. And then have you seen, are you starting to see that kind of sink in and you're seeing it more and more or frequently, I guess? Well, I'm definitely seeing it in my department. We're starting to now look for how we're going to do that across the organization. Mm -hmm. When you have 12,000 people across an right. organization, so how do you scale that? Right. Yeah, that's the, that's a challenge. But the first step is getting what that looks like at right. that senior level. And there's a strong culture in the organization. It wouldn't be a successful organization. Right. How long Rollins been around forever? But it's been around mm -hmm. for a long time. They acquired work in about 52 years ago right. in 64. So they grew pretty exponentially at that point. And then their acquisitions over the years have uh, helped them to grow significantly. Right. But 12,000 employees is a lot of people to try to get aligned. But there are organizations larger that do it. Wegmans does a great job of doing that yeah. in the organization. And they, they're a lot bigger than we are. Right. So, and they're a service business as well. So we Is have, that somebody you model yourselves <clears throat> at? Or yeah, we look. Aspire? Sure. Chick-fil-A is another one. They do right. a tremendous job of uh, driving that consistency. So. Yeah, there are a few folks that we benchmark against. There are a lot of manufacturing organizations that do the same thing, but we're trying to model a little bit around a service organization. And you want to be like kind of the a premier service organization. Oh, right? yeah, that's the goal. That's our, our, our vision is to be the best service company. Yeah, so Like our, uh, what's Ritz Carlin, ladies and gentlemen, serving ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Do you um, have the opportunity to kind of share those best practices with the people, like to let them know, like how do you kind of demonstrate you know, it's one thing to say it, but how do you kind of show the people in the front lines that this is how we behave yeah, for Rollins? That's something that we have to get to. Once we've identified what those behaviors look like, then we have an opportunity to do a lot of different things. At mm -hmm. Rollins, I have a more capability than I had in other organizations. Uh, they take learning and development extremely seriously, which is a, another reason why I joined the organization. We have a tremendous investment in our video technology. We do distance learning platform using an actual TV studio mm -hmm. to transmit to the organization. So it's a really tremendous tool that we use as, and that we'll leverage to deliver um, a message like that. Uh, that coupled with instructor-led learning and online learning, we want to try to give people an opportunity here in multiple ways, using short videos to reinforce it to help mm -hmm. people as well. Uh, so there's a lot of different things we'll do and we can do that we haven't started yet. But the most important thing to do is really cascade the message with leaders. Right. Right. And and the leadership that really needs to get the message significantly is that middle level leadership leadership. So we have region managers that have tremendous amount of credibility in organization. They've been technicians, they've grown into service. Right. So they've roles. worked every yeah. job. And they have a lot of credibility. They're they're our change agents. Right. right? So, so you have to get them on board. Exactly. So but we need the senior executives to value to them to right and, exactly. to, and to communicate to them right and collectively so that they can see you know oh, these guys are serious about this right and so. they're respected and these people are important cog and we can't kind Without of doubt. dismiss them we have to elevate them and make them the heroes that they are in the organization absolutely now how do you kind of share the those hero stories those moments that when the frontline person does something extraordinary that you want to kind of replicate do you have a mechanism to kind of capture some of those because they're probably happening every day, probably unbeknownst to the senior leadership, but you know, somebody knows about it and somebody should reward that behavior because that's the behavior you want to replicate. Yeah. The organization does have um, a reward and recognition process that we use. Uh, it's called president's club. 
We also have Chairman's Club. And we do look for those opportunities to... Spotlight those stories, course, right? Of course. And we, and we do it all the time. We also have newsletters that go out to mm -hmm. help you know highlight those as well. And during the quarterly meeting, we'll, we'll share some stories about what people are doing. So Right. Because yeah. that's where you kind of create that culture where the mythology of the organization have you, you know, where you can see these stories and they're an example of what we aspire to be. And here's right. Bill that's out there in the field who did this. Mm-hmm. And then so then the people can see, okay, now that that's expected of me as well. Yeah, and that's important to do. Um, you know, we did we did a tremendous amount of that in, in previous um, previous uh, roles that I had in other organizations that, that really, um, that's, that's the way to really reinforce it. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you connect it directly to the specific values that you right, identify, exactly. it makes it even more important. So, it, yeah, it becomes real. It's not just like kind of a poster. Yep, completely agree. When you're working in, it sounds like that culture and strategy have to kind of work hand in hand here. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that, that that's important. And when you're trying to develop a learning and development strategy, you want to make sure that it's aligned with both the culture and the strategy. Mm -hmm. And culture and strategy really have to work together. There's a few people that, you know, I mean, today Drucker has made the statement that culture eats, eats. Uh, yeah, right, strategy for, for breakfast or right. lunch, whatever it is, uh, whatever meal you're eating. <laughs> um, and I respect that. In some regards, I, I tend to agree with it. But in in some respects, I would say they need to kind of work more together. Right. Um, if you're trying to aspire to drive a certain strategy, you're not going to get there if you don't have the people and the people systems in place to get there. Mm -hmm. uh, and vice versa, if you don't have, a, you know, if you don't. You right, know, you could have the greatest people in the world, but if, the, if, if there's, there's no, no strategy, strategy, then they're going to be all great together Completely singing great. Kumbaya and exactly. not getting anything done. Exactly. It's got to work hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So, And then, so you're seeing that from senior leadership, that, that they're... This, they're not just um, kind of talking the talk, they're walking the walk as well. That's, and that's something that we're, we're working on as well. Um, that's part of the process that they're going through. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, Rollins has had a tremendous focus on growth. And there's an opportunity for us to even do more. And I think they're looking at that, and that, that, that's that's something that I've also had the benefit of working in previous organizations where we've done that. Right. right? You see the results. I mean, uh, Rock 10's results have been uh, astounding. They, they did a great job in, in growing the business. They had a good strategy, uh, very strong culture, and they had some great results. Right. And then sometimes if you don't have that strong of a culture and you do a bunch of acquiring, it could just kind of exacerbate a bad situation. So it's important to have it's, the culture or the values as kind of the strong foundation yeah. so that when you do grow, that everybody can get aligned. And I've experienced that firsthand. You, you, you acquire a company, you realize that you, you needed to grow your business. Um, you don't always realize that you, you, you bought a culture that came right. along with that company, right? Because it looked good on paper. You know, exactly. a bunch of accountants thought it was a good idea. That's right. right, right. And it meets part of your strategy, but it didn't really fit that culture piece of the strategy. Right. And as a result, it requires a lot of work. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes to the point where you need to replace people right. in order to make it fit. Some instances, you have to do that. Right. And it's a it's kind of a push-pull, right? Mm -hmm. And then, so what's the what do you like most about your job? To be honest with you, learning is a, an absolute passion. I love seeing light bulbs go on in people's mm -hmm. heads when they start seeing that what you're teaching them really starts to work. Right? And so, they're seeing kind of the benefit from absolutely. it. It's not just, oh, I got to do this. I got to, you know, I got to check this box. Completely agree. Um, but the way that's happened for me over the years has been through, through making it very practical for people. A lot of times people go through learning and it's, it's, very, it's, it's great. You hear these speakers, they talk about things and it's like, wonderful. These things could really work, right? 
but there's no real tools that are practical tools to help them, you mm-hmm. know, to have something that is cumbersome and difficult for them to do in order to do their jobs is not something that's going to be suitable. So I've found that we've made it easier with some of the leadership skills, especially to make it more practical for people to start applying the skills that they learn. Can you share an example? Sure. So, you know, communication is something that you teach um, most leadership skills. I mean, you you want leaders to be effective communicators. I mean, that's one of the ways they can engage people. It's kind of a basic tenet, right? Absolutely. (laughs) But what tools do we really give people to help them deliver a message effectively? Mm-hmm. We we share some strategies of what they can do, but if we can give them something, there's a form that you give them that kind of gives that strategy. We use five steps that you basically do. It's an introduction, kind of gives people a, an idea of what it is you want to talk to them about. You then give them some details behind that, and sometimes it's some observations you made if it's constructive feedback, as an example. From there, then you want to give them what's the impact of what it is that's happening. And then what are the actions you need to take in order to make things better or to continue the great performance you're doing mm-hmm. if it's positive reinforcement, right? And then from there, you also want to give people that leaders to, to think about when to check in with people while they're having that conversation, because if it's not two-way, it's not going to stick, right? Right. So by giving them in that kind of a, a, a tool where they can prepare their conversation, it's helped them then adopt it where they don't need it anymore. After right. A certain so it kind of, it, it creates this mindfulness that maybe they weren't mindful about the right. whole process and they were just like, bah, 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 cause exactly. I got to get this out of my head into you. And then now I'm, I'm out of here. Right. And they're not checking in. They're not kind of catching the body language. Do they get it? Do they not get it? Right. And the intent is not for them to use the form and read it. Right. It's not, <laughs> it's like just a, prepare. And then have a conversation. Like right. you, if you do a presentation, you don't, I mean, hopefully you're not doing a presentation where you have your slides and you're reading and you're the slides. you're just reading, right. right. And what that, do I need you for? Exactly. Right. So uh, your, your slides are there just to prepare your thoughts so that this way you can right. have a discussion. Organize it, right. right. Now, so that's being implemented? We're going to start implementing that here. We, we, devo- we I developed that in uh, my career earlier. So in uh, at Rock 10 and we're, we're doing that here at Rollins now too. Now, when you do this and you're teaching this, are you doing it where they're kind of having a chance to role model it? And, Absolutely. And do you video them? Like what, what kind of, we tech, don't, we tech? don't, we don't, we haven't, we haven't finished deciding how we're going to do it here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't videotape in the past. Um, Cause it's, that's it's, kind of, it's an un- option. Unforgiving. <laughs> it, it is. It's a bigger option here. Cause I have the video technology with my media services group that I mm-hmm. have. So that is an opportunity that we're exploring. Um, but it also lengthens the, the class right. and the commitment to, right. to the class. But there is a strong commitment in the organization for leadership skills, which is critical to culture. When you do that, so that's part one in this, or where are we at in your process? My, so the evolution, so there's a few different things we're focusing on. The first and foremost is, is the culture piece. Right. We need to have that defined in order to really help drive learning in everything that we teach, right? So we want our service people to to live by this culture. We want our administrative right. folk to live that way. We want our salespeople to live that way. We can't really revise the curriculum without having that, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the first step. Um, and that's, we're working through that right now. Um, and then we really want to look at two critical areas, our leadership skills, which is going to then reinforce that culture in the organization and drive the business strategy. And then secondly is our sales area. We have a great opportunity to really help evolve our sales. Uh, as you can imagine, in business world today, or not even the business world, in residential world today, people are so busy, it's, it's hard to sell to people when you have, you know, pest control services and they're buying 
other different services that they need for their home, uh, air conditioning services. Right. Can, if someone's air conditioning goes out and they've got to decide, do I replace my air conditioner or do I buy pest control? You know, yeah, we live in Atlanta, so <laughs> gets a little right. hot. Yeah, so people, we, we our, our our competition always isn't always just another pest control company, right? Well, your competition is, could be Home Depot. Could they go in absolutely. there and buy a jug of whatever? Well, actually, it's not even that. I'm 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 talking about we're competing against other people's needs in their home. Oh, right. So it goes beyond the competition of pest control mm -hmm. and the self service. It goes to what other things do they right. need in their home? What's more of a priority? Exactly. So now from a sales side, I would think that you have a big advantage in that, especially after acquiring a bunch of firms, that you can pull best practices from a variety of places. And we have been doing that. Yeah, and the organization has been doing it. And they've done a great job. They've mm. done a great job. We, we just continue. We need to continue to evolve that. We need to figure out how to help enable them to do it even better. Uh, there have been some things that we've been doing in the organization, providing them with some tools that, that they use. Via, right, because now you have economies of scale that maybe these smaller acquisitions right. that they didn't have that you guys can offer. Absolutely. We're, we're maximizing the use of uh, technology like iPads to do presentations and to help the salesperson present things to customers mm -hmm. in a more effective manner. Um, so th those kinds of tools are things that we're trying to do to enable the sales organization. Now, had you been involved in this sales aspect when you were at Rock 10 in your previous jobs or is this new yeah. for you? No, I so have, you've I, done this before. I've, I've done sales, uh, even in Honeywell helped mm -hmm. uh, with uh, sales as well. So I, yeah, I've been involved with sales training for a long time. Does sales have different challenges than maybe like kind of leadership training has? Um, so I would say sales people are kind of crazy. <laughs> well, good crazy, right? <laughs> right. Um, well, without them, no one eats. So yeah. they're kind of important. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> similar challenges. The only difference that I would say you know, obviously there's a, a different type of person that, that needs to, that we need to develop to be a, an effective salesperson, the resilience that they need. Right. Um, the I mean, tenacity yeah, yeah. and the ability to just take rejection. Absolutely. We have to figure out how to help people through that. Um, and I think that's more of a mindset than just the behaviors that they need to demonstrate. Right. But beyond that, I think the biggest challenge we have is how do we help managers that manage salespeople? Mm-hmm keep them engaged, you know, keep them motivated yeah, exactly. and also keep that customer service level. Absolutely. Does the salesperson responsible for customer service or that once they're sold, then they go to a different group? There, it usually does. Yeah. So we have a service piece of the business that then manages the service of mm -hmm. the organization that remains connected with the account. So that way the salesperson's focused on selling and somebody else is focused on serving. Right. Right. And the, the service is done by someone else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, so that, I mean, but that's, better in a lot of ways because then the everybody does what they do you know exactly, they don't, yeah. you know the sales guy doesn't also have to worry about the service side which may not be a strength for them right now do you have any tips you can share with like putting together a good sales leadership program or sales training program i would say that the key thing is to segment things that as unfortunately what we try to do is we try to do too much at once mm -hmm. right and this is true for any training so it doesn't matter what the training is. So you got to do like bite size. Uh, yeah. And, and, and really focus in and, and uh, build a curriculum um, that can help support per a person from when they start through to when they mature in the, mm -hmm. in the, uh, in the organization and in their role. So uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity for us to provide ongoing support, which we don't do today. Um, that we So there's an opportunity to really doubt. improve. So we provide a tremendous amount of, I think, a really good set of tools to the to the sales organization. Then beyond that, unfortunately, we 
we don't provide them with something that can help reinforce it. And I think that's true with all the training that we do. Right. And I think that's a common uh, for a lot of companies in that you go, here's all the tools, go forth yeah. and prosper. Right. And then you're kind of relying on them to be the one to drive everything. And right. there needs to be something that helps keep them compliant, that yeah. keeps them kind of engaged. Yeah. And I think the the other key thing is, is that what we've what, what I've done before and we're going to start doing here is provide more of a follow-up process. So sales and leadership have a great opportunity for that. So if you provide training and sales, well, then what's the goal as a result of the training and sales? Usually it's because you want them to grow revenue, right? Right. So you target what that revenue growth is. If it's $20,000 in sales a month, that's great. What we do is we continue coaching that person beyond the classroom, helping them reinforce what they learned. So this way when they, they're back in the workplace, we can see how they're tracking to that goal that they're right. looking for. We do that in leadership also. So leadership, someone in leadership comes to the class. Right. What and, are your metrics for yeah, leadership? It's their business results. Mm -hmm. So if someone comes in and they're, they're having a problem with, let's say, for example, they're having difficulty with their profit margin, right? So now, they're, not, they're not to the level of expectation that they right. have. So they come through one of our leadership programs. The intent is to say, what, what would you want to be able to do in a three-month time frame? So that this way, after three months, we'll continue to measure what that business result is, but we'll help coach them with the behaviors that are going to help them achieve that business result. And, and that's that, the kind of focus. Right. And then for that individual, it might be X, but somebody else might be Y. And then you have to kind of create yeah, the, that custom program for that the well, Y person it's, too, it's right? Not a, it's not a custom program. It's the same, it's the same content, right? So just because you're teaching the same content doesn't mean that content can't help different oh, needs, wow. right? the same leadership skills that are needed to influence people to improve how they manage their costs are the same leadership skills that you need to influence how people are increasing their revenue. It's the same leadership skills that are needed to help people to reduce the number of safety incidents in an organization. So it's, it's a, the leadership skills, the skills are the same. Right, the, they're how universal. They apply it is different. Yeah. But, the, but kind of the weakness they're having can be the thing that they focus on and that that's where you'll Absolutely. measure... To, to make sure that they're kind of learning and growing. Right. And we want to show them that that change in behavior can have an impact on their business. And that's, the, that's, that's where a lot of uh, learning falls short in organizations. Now, when you're doing that, how important is it to demonstrate kind of a quick win so they kind of see what you're doing is working and then maybe it helps in the buy-in? It, 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 it usually happens almost instantly, especially if they're having issues with a specific employee and they start, that using some of the tools that we, we share, it usually happens instantly and they start getting that buy-in. And, and then they also feel the buying in the class as they're doing the role plays in the class. Mm -hmm. The practice that they get in the class, I think they start seeing the benefits and, and you, you see eyes open a lot. There's plenty of times when I have leaders come into the, into the uh, classroom not really inspired to be there. Or, like, or and, skeptical, you know, yeah, they've been absolutely. through a ton of training and, sure. and stuff that a lot of it was in their mind a waste of time. Yeah, and uh, far too many times I've heard people tell me I should have had this training 20 years ago. You know, when you do that, it's... it's a, and you know you're making a difference. Yeah, yeah, it makes you feel really good. Now, can you share maybe a specific story where somebody came in skeptical and you you share what they learned and help them kind yeah. of... Yeah, absolutely. So I have a, um, there's a young lady that worked in one of our mills that when she came in, first of all, she was predominantly skeptical in, 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 in the mill industry is predominantly male. Right. It's not very welcoming to women, especially women that are in leadership, right? She came into the class and she was pretty much forced to come to the class. Her manager wanted to come through it. 
Uh, she was being considered for a superintendent role in the in the organization. Which she there's was, probably even less of those. Right? Without a doubt. And what she needed to do was she needed to, uh, her focus, the goal that she was focusing on was to reduce energy costs in the mill. Mm-hmm. She really felt that it was a waste of her time because she's, she's been trying to work on that for a couple of years that she had already been there. So she knew it was important. Yeah, she knew it was important, but she couldn't get, the, the organization just wasn't open to the things that she was trying to do. Right. Right. So when she came to uh, the program, we gave them some strategies. And the two things that she really needed to focus on was building relationships and creating alignment around reducing that energy cost. Right. Right. And the relationships that she needed to build were were basically with the people that she's been dealing with, but she never thought to build those relationships. To include them. Right? In... Work is work, right? right? I don't need to be friends with people at work, do I? Right. right? But you, you don't, but you, you do need to have a relationship with them. She targeted this one group that focused on um, the um, the energy, the, the usage of of different like coal. They had um, they had oil. They had all different forms of which they tried to consume energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it some of it was through chips that they re, they, they reproduced from the bark that they had from the trees that they they stripped the bark before they put it through the mill right. Bars, right. Well, that was the most um, cost efficient because. It's free. We we right. we just you know, we have it laying around. So, but it was the most labor intensive. So through focusing on those relationships, through really driving communication, being consistent about what it is that she was trying to do with the group, getting her boss to help drive that consistency and messaging, uh, she was able to reduce the cost of uh, the um, annualized for the mill for over a million dollars. Her target was only going to be about two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow! So for she the blew year. it out of the park. She more than right. blew it out of the park. Wow! And that's a and that's a good lesson for everybody is just to have that open dialogue and these communication because the people on the front lines they know all kinds of stuff that yeah. they could be doing little things here and there that can add up to big things if you listen Absolutely. and then you know make some changes that you know the sky's the limit. Completely. And a lot of times at larger organizations, it's kind of like I'm the smart guy up here, and then you know, just do what I say and, and you don't think you have to listen. Absolutely. So that must be exciting for you to have stories like that. come Oh up. yeah. It's a lot of fun. And it validates that, you know, communication, like you said earlier, yeah. is at the crux of a lot of this, isn't it? It really is. It really is. And what's even more rewarding is when you can take a whole entire facility and help them transform. Right. Uh, because the rewards are even greater. Right. And to change the thinking from the uh, monologue to a dialogue you know, that, that's, that's significant. And most leaders don't realize that. Right. right. So when they're talking to their folks, even in a meeting, they don't realize how much of their conversation is a monologue. So now do you have any tips on how to improve that? Is there a, a trick of the trade that you can get person to be a better listener? Well, first of all, I think a lot of people don't really know how to listen. Right. And that's a challenge. Right. So, um, pe- most people think of listening as just being attentive to someone else. But it goes beyond that. And I think what really makes um, a person a better listener is the empathy that they dis- express during that listening. Mm-hmm. So if, uh, if you, if the biggest thing I would recommend is to try to demonstrate that empathy. Usually when you're listening and you paraphrase, um, you, and that's a good technique and that's good and you should use that. Right? The challenge is, is when you paraphrase, you're basically just kind of almost regurgitating the words that the person said. Mm-hmm. Right. What's missing is your connection to the emotion that the person is experiencing. Right, the, really the meaning. Right. When you acknowledge, you want to acknowledge the emotion as much as you want to acknowledge the words. Right. 
And that's the key. And that you start seeing a significant difference in how people feel. That's the, the relationship piece. That's right. what makes that connection. Because it's no longer just words going back and forth. Now you're getting into emotion and now you're building exactly. a relationship. Exactly. Absolutely. Good stuff. What'd you think? That was some good information there, Dave. <laughs> Absolutely. You hang <laughs> out job. with some smart folks. <laughs> Rollins, what's what's happening in the forefront? Like what's coming up next for you guys? Are you going to continue to expand and grow? That's always a something that we're looking for. That's an opportunity for us to, to continue to grow our business. We're driving hard to grow organically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's continuing to work for us. The, 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 the leaders that we have at all levels in the organization are, are really doing a great job. But there's always opportunity for us to try to grow through acquisition. With and from a, a culture standpoint, are you at the end of the beginning? You feel you got a good base now that you're ready to kind of expand this, uh, the learnings all the way throughout the organization into these new... I would say no. Uh, we're, we're just getting started on the culture piece. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we have a, there is a strong culture in the organization, but it's not clear. Mm-hmm. It's not been defined. We, we've got to do that first. And once that's done, then we start then trickling can, it. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what uh, you're trying to accomplish in the that's, near term? That's 2016. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we'll check in maybe at the end of the year or early next yeah, year to see where, where we're at on that. That would be great. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much for being part of the show today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Now, Dave, any uh, training pros news you want to share? <laughs> just, mm-hmm. You know, we, uh, we have our webinar series. We just had one That's on Friday. Right. And I don't know the date for the next one, but uh, we'll be announcing that soon. And if you go online, training-pros.com, they have all that information Absolutely. there. Absolutely. And all our, our webinars are archived on the site. So there's a lot of great information there. And of course, you can go to Learning Insights Radio and listen to right. all these, all these radio ep- shows. episodes. John, I'm sure you've listened to some of them. I, I took the time to, <laughs> to listen to a couple uh, before I right. came. So you knew what you were getting into. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again for being part of the show today. And thanks to Training Pros for making this all happen. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Learning Insights. Oh, we stop, stop, stop.